Good morning. One of the feedback which I had was that uh, I have to speak more, uh, I speak slowly and more clearly. So I think that uh, that will help. Uh, so then you will end, we'll end our service uh, just 10 minutes past 12. <laughs> Not really. But thank Nancy for really reading God's word. Uh, I believe that one of the assurance that uh, there will be a message for you in the worship is that the God's word will be read in the entirety. So that if you actually miss or you do not understand the speaker, God's word would have ministered to you because he said that his word will go forth and reach its purpose. But I do not intend to preach the whole of Psalm chapter two, uh, Psalm, Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter. I'll be using the PowerPoint a lot, so I hope you won't be distracting. The purpose of it is to so that if you could not follow what I'm pronouncing, at least you can read on the board. Alright? Thank you very much. Romans chapter 12. Or is it part two, letter of Romans? The reason is it in chapter one to chapter eleven, Paul deals with the belief, the gospel, the theology part. So it was covered in chapter one to chapter eleven. In it, it shows us that man cannot cannot do whatever, do anything to be saved. God is the one who saves us by providing the cross of Jesus Christ. Man can do nothing to be saved. It also shows us that man can do nothing to deserve to be saved. It is because God in his love provided for us the way of salvation. So he captured it in chapter 1 to chapter 11 and ended up with a beautiful doxology. Doxology. Now from chapter 12 to chapter 16, the next five chapters, Paul now turned to, now since you've been saved as a Christian now, how should you live? How should you live? It deals with the practical aspect of a Christian life. So I will call it Part two. Part two. First part one to eleven is already completed. God's story of how he saved is already completed. Now we look at the practical aspect of a Christian's life. Next. Okay. Next, please. <laughs> okay, how do you do it? Haven't switched it on, did it? Sorry, I haven't switched it on. Alright. Okay. Now, while we were in the one month break in the, in Turkey, we had the opportunity to sail on a sailing boat for one week. It was awesome. The reason for it was that we will actually be able to take Paul's route in the, in the X through the small ports which you cannot access easily by car. So we took a boat, a sailing boat. 
and it, and also and it was also that we could learn teamwork. We work as a team. We have to actually sail the boat. I can say that my wife is a better sailor than me. <laughs> I will blame it that when I was sailing in, the wind was coming from all directions and I couldn't get it straight. Okay, now, amazingly to me, is that the, the, the sailing boat can sail against the wind and it can go to whatever direction. I would expect that it's easy to sail with the wind behind your back and it pushes you to whatever you want to go. And the magic of it is because we have the rudder. The rudder to guide to whatever direction the boat, the, the sailing boat is supposed to go. So the rudder is a very important, although a small part of the sailing boat, but it is an important part for the sailing boat. So what is the rudder of your life as a follower of Jesus Christ? What is the rudder of our life as a follower of Jesus Christ? Now this is the battleship Bismarck. If those of us who are not familiar with the Second World War, this is a formidable ship built by the German, the Bismarck. It is big, bigger than any of the ships which the British have at the moment. It's faster than most of the battleships the British have at the moment. It has cannon which can shoot way beyond what the British battleship can shoot. And it has armory which is so thick that those who survive the Bismarck say that at times when they have the, 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 the British having a shot at the deck, the shell actually bounced off the deck. It was so thick and can take so much heat. But by chance, a biplane dropped a torpedo and it hit the gear of the rudder. It hit the gear of the rudder and Bismarck was went out of control. He could not be controlled anymore. And it became an easy picking for the British ship. Although it was formidable, once the rudder is lost, however strong he was, however formidable it was, it cannot control its, its destiny, its scuttle. It, it was sank. It sank. Okay, from battleship to this. Believe me, this is the main cost of a meal you can get in one of those fanciful French restaurants. <laughs> when the, 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 the dish appear in front of me, I have that wow feeling. But after the wow feeling, I take my fork and my, my knife looking, where is the main meal? And after that, while driving home, I'm looking for my fridge and say, what else I have? <laughs> it seems that the distraction of the plating, the cook forgot, or I thought he forgot to put the main meal. It's supposed to be food. It's supposed to be food. And I believe that when Paul provides us with the rather in Roman chapter, 12, the first few verses, sometimes 
we miss the main food by the distraction of the plating the plating and uh, I believe this is my own opinion when I when, when this morning when we were in the praying session when we heard Romans chapter 1 uh, chapter 12 everybody said this is my favorite verse it, it, it is my favorite verse and everybody's favorite verse this verse has been quoted so many times in particular the part on the living sacrifice living sacrifice but okay therefore I urge you brothers and sisters brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God I believe that the main meal is this this is your true and proper worship this is the main meal living life in worship of God living life in worship of God okay now I will unpack this to show you why I think this is the main meal therefore I urge you brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy this is the appeal Paul appealed to them after looking at the gospel in entirely how God is merciful he asked us now I urge you brother in view of God's mercy the appeal and then to offer your bodies as living sacrifice this is Paul uses the metaphor living sacrifice is oxymoronic living dead and Paul actually risks using a term sacrifice there because we know that Jesus is the only perfect sacrifice he took the risk he used a very powerful metaphor and every time when we read Romans chapter 12 we are drawn to this offer our bodies as living sacrifice it seems so heroic so demanding but I think that this is the metaphor which is part of the plating only holy and pleasing to God which is the adjective and this is your true and proper worship is the object we have to look at the object what is the main meal what is the main meal now we have a bit of problem here it's because of what I call the translation problem you may have different Bible and that last part which I say the object appear differently in my NIV it is my proper worship okay your true and proper worship but if you have a King James version it says which is your reasonable service there's no mention of a worship there it's your reasonable worship service if you have the ESV English Standard Version it says which is your spiritual worship slight difference there and if you have the ASV the, Ameri the American Standard Version it says which is your spiritual service so 
What is it? So if we are at loss, we turn to what does the Greek say? What does the Greek word say? And the Greek words pronounced as Litarian in the interlinear Bible is translated as service. Is service. So we can say that, well, that's it. It's service. But not yet. But not yet. Is it service or worship? Now the translation of this word service here, we must be very clear. Service here is rendered, a service rendered for hire, a service or ministration, the service of God. The service and worship of God according to the requirement of the Levitical law. To perform, to perform a sacred service. This is a different kind of service to understand. Mainly, this service is within the act of worship. The act of worship. This is Taylor's definition. Now, strong concordance defines this as sub definition is service. The service, it's a usage, is a service rendered to God. Perhaps simply worship. Worship. Alright. Now, if you compare to verse 11 of chapter 12, there's another word come out, service. And this is a different service. This service is serving slaves, serving the masters. Something we understand. Service as it is. Service as it is. Alright. Sorry, I'm taking you to a wrong route, but I want to just emphasize the point. So therefore, I appeal is the appeal, the metaphor, the adjective, and now this is your true and proper worship is the object. We have difficulty in our English translation. It's because when we actually use the word worship or the word service, we mean two a bit two different things. When we talk of worship, it's a noun, it's the feeling of or expression of reverence, adoration for a deity, for God. It's something passive. You feel you have an expression to, 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 of, of adoration to God. That is to us worship. Service is something we do practically. Do practically. Alright, so therefore, it's because of this, our English translation, we do not have an equivalent of a service which is actually integrated to the worship integrated to the worship and that is because we have a translation problem now if you read that verse I appeal to you brethren by the mercies of God to present your bodies as living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship, Paul is giving us an imagery of a Levitical priest. When he, in the Old Testament, when he was going through the ceremony of doing the service of worship within the temple, 
But now Paul used this imagery to explore it, that we should actually conduct our whole life in that kind of worship. Our whole life is life of worship. If we need a rather attendance, now I begin to say, how do I feel every day to do whatever I do is to lead my life, to be mindful that my life at every moment should be a life of worshipping God. Worshipping God. Now, perhaps Paul faces the same kind of problem during that time as we have now. We separate our spiritual life with our secular life. We keep them aside. Our secular life, we play football, we play cricket, we go to work. We have a casual tea with our friends, secular friends. We keep them. That is my life. Even our, our money, our resources, our account, this is my money and this is offering God's money. We keep this separate. We keep this separate. In the middle, we have service. We have things we call our secular contribution to the community. We may be a Lion Club member or we may help in the football club and we think that there is no relevance to my spiritual life. So we say that, yeah, it's for the community but it's not spiritual. And we moved on. There are spiritual services we do. We run a Bible study. We have prayer meeting or we do things in the church and we classify that as our spiritual service. And then we have entirely worship. So worship is worship, spiritual. We tend to compartmentalize our life. Compartmentalize our life. But I think our life is to be integrated. Whole life integrated worship of God. Whether it's secular things we do, our, our association with our secular friends, the secular thing we do in our work, the service, any kind of service we do, and our worship, all to be integrated, an integrated life as a Christian. I think that's the direction which Paul asks us, that this is a spiritual life of worship. It's an integrated life. So our integrity as Christians means living an integrated life. We don't separate out our secular life with service and then we worship spiritual life and put it everywhere. It is a life combined together as an integrated life. That is to live with integrity as Christians. Now this is a thought from A.W. Tozer, a very, I enjoy his writing. If you're not familiar, you just Google and find book for A.W. Tozer. It's worthwhile reading. A.W. Tozer says, the ideal God set before us is to worship as near perfectly as we can. Faith and love and obedience and loyalty and high conduct of life, all of this must be taken as burnt offering and offered to God. 
all of this, our whole life, as a burnt offering of worship to God. So when Paul gives us in verse 1 the imagery of a Levitical ceremonial act within the temple, we now expand it to all areas of our life. That we conduct our life meaningfully, thoughtfully, that at every moment we try to remember that we are worshipping God at every moment. Now there are some forerunners to tenets which we help to do to make decisions uh, as our Christians. There's this WWJD. Anybody know that? What would Jesus do? You know, we say when we come to a situation, we say, What would Jesus do? And then it helps us to actually decide. And it's good too. Situation by situation. And there's this thought which a lot of time people preach that we have to live conscious, daily, daily conscious of God. That means at every moment we have to live daily conscious. It's also good to be mindful, you know, to be thankful, to come to the Lord in prayer every moment. That is to live an integrated life too. And here I think we can actually put this, if it be of help to you, living in worship every moment. Living in worship every moment. Now, living in worship every moment. I can suggest. Can I suggest to you some of what my reflection is practically? It helped me in my disappointment in serving. When we serve the Lord, there are many disappointments coming up. There were times where we, after we do a lot of thinking through and, and do check up and say before we go into a project like a big, which require our family resources to back up a project, a church project, building or something like that, and we had. And after that, two years down the line, there was mismanagement, something that doesn't go on well as what we thought to our interpretation anyway. And there was disappointment. We have given a huge part of our limited resources. But then I try to recall this and say, that was the moment of my worship to God, even as I do that. It's my worship to God. I should not just let the result of it be something I would say it is actually good or disappointment or something rewarding. I will take it, that moment of disappointment, as a worship to God. Although it is painful, it is a worship to God. So this is one of the practical things I will draw up. Now there were times also when I disappointment in failures. And many times, when you try to take the gospel to somebody, you try, you, con- you, you construct what you should say and all that, put the environment correct, uh, try to introduce some, some leads of uh, conversation to draw him on. And maybe there's some, some lead way. But then when you come back, 
and you do a, a reassessment of your effort and you find that the failure was my failure was because I didn't do it better and I feel that although I tried I could have done other things to based on his response to be better so I think it as a failure and it was sometimes quite you know thought it was it's a disappointment but again at that moment I think I will still take it as a moment of worship to the Lord we try to take that moment as a worship to the Lord and also soberness in success soberness in success let me just go a little elaboration on one incident which could actually illustrate this now my wife she actually loved to do a lot of medical mission and I think in our life probably we probably did about around 30 or more medical mission involved directly or we are the one who actually helped organize to initiate it now one of the medical mission which I was really pleased to be having a big part in it because it was because a church a, a, a worker in Cambodia invited us to go there to start a new trust in an unreached area my job is to handle the logistic I'm a doctor, doctor I had to handle the logistic and we have 20 cubic meters of medication and because this and it's because this medication comes as as a donation and some some clinic will just give us some of it comes in so many varieties the list is about a thousand different varieties and I have to actually itemize all this whether it's 100 boxes of this, this or just two tablets of this I have to itemize it for two reasons one reason is we have to take it across the border and it had to pass custom it's amazing to take 220 cubic meter of medication across the custom who wants money alright that is the challenge but also, I have to itemize such a way that all the boxes we know that when the doctor defends the medicine, he knows that that box is this medicine, we go and take it. So we, we are not pharmacists, so we just have to read and so it has to be very clear. So I took that job and I thought I did a good job because I tell you, when the custom officer stopped us at the airport and say he was suspicious that we were not we are having a careless job, he asked me, What is this box? So I said, Open the box, this is the itinerary. He read every single item. Find, one thing to find fault. If find one fault, he was now. So praise the Lord, it went well. We went in, but that was not the success of it. For about a week, of my wife being the lead lead, lead the doctor, we have three other doctors and about about ten others helpers. Each day, they see about seven hundred patients. Each day, for over a week. And I was, oh, you know, that was really satisfying. We go to the village, there was queues, and we always have to stop. And I was also the bouncer. I would go there, stop, no more. But I had to be very harsh for one more reason, because when we, it was because when we go to this, some of the village, the men who are strong will push their way in front, and the women and children are left behind. 
I will say, you back. So I enjoyed that. <laughs> so there was a lot of patients, a lot of people who I believe the doctors met to give a service. So at the end of it, on our, what they call, uh, sit back, have dinner and have a chat, I said, wow, we did a good job, didn't we? And it was my, my wife again. She says that we didn't cure any diseases. We didn't cure any illness. The best we could do, he said the doctors would do, is just give them reprieve for maybe a week of antibiotic. Or we did a lot of deworming. That, that probably more significant. But, you know, one visit, he said, we actually do not do very much. Because of the rest of the life of these particular people, it's God who gives them a robust body to carry on living for next one year, two years, ten years, or thirty years of their life. It's God who gives them that body to be able to live on. And our part is probably so little. So, I, I was... You know, he says, in Romans says that, do not think highly of yourself, but think yourself soberly, soberly. It's also in areas whereby we do church work. Sometimes it's nice to feel that there is progress. But I will say that at the best of what I can offer, it's not really relevant to what God is doing. It's not really relevant. Sometimes just sit back and be just, although doing it, like now, being a spectator of what God is doing in your life. In your life. So, I still take that moment of success as part of my worship to the Lord. To the Lord. Now, my hundred life, thankfulness and holiness. So there are a lot of hundred but playing golf and all that kind of thing. I <laughs> learn to worship God in thankfulness when you hit a bad shot. <laughs> but you know, to take it all in worship. So in that sense, I will control my tongue. Now, the it is it's already known in Maribro Club that there's one person who do not swear in the golf course. And that's me. But they don't take it. They, 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 they thought that because I come from Malaysia, I do not know Australian swear word. Probably so. One time they pushed me and said, give me a swear word in Malaysian. I told them, yes, I have one. It's called bagus. You Google the word bagus, it means good. <laughs> but, praise the Lord, you know, living in worship to the Lord means also to control your tongue, control your emotions, control your expression. So with that, with that, Paul can lead on to the other practical areas of our life. How we, we, we face the government, our neighbors, how we work together. When we treat that moment as a moment of worship, then I seem to be able to move on and bless myself because I take that moment as worship and not to be too disappointed or to think myself too big-headed. 
Now, I cannot finish this second part, which is actually very good. It's actually, I, I, I encourage you to Google Tim Keller under uncovering satisfaction and a theology of wonder, a vision from G.K. Testerton. Now, in short, I give you this. We have a spiritual hunger. Every one of us, Christian and non-Christian, and that is a good way to approach the gospel to your non-Christian. We have a spiritual hunger. We remember, he put this way, we remember a beauty, that's a beauty we remembered, but we never found. There's a peace we remembered, but never found. There's a relationship we remembered, but never found. It's because there's this eternity in us. We remember a perfection of welfare, but we look around us, we explore all the goals, career goals, all kinds of secular goals, we'll never, even relationship goals, will never satisfy you because there's a hunger in you and only the worship of God will put that in it. And that is what I believe when it means that to prove what is the will of God, what's good, what's acceptable and what's perfect. The perfect just is we respond to our calling as men built in God's image our calling is to worship, is to worship God. Not just the Sunday, but I believe every moment of our life. Every moment of our life. Living in worship every moment of our life. So I hope that this short not too short message will be of blessing to you all. Let's pray. Our Father God is really, really a blessing to be safe, to worship you, to bring adoration to you and to serve you in worship. We pray that if this be good for us to remember in moments of our life, whether in disappointment or when we face every kind of challenges. We pray that, dear Lord God, we remember that to worship you will strengthen us and will guide us. We pray for this, dear Lord God. So I thank you, dear Lord God. I pray that the Holy Spirit will take some of the words which I have shared, dear Lord God, to make it clear and we pray that it will be of relevance to our life as your children. I pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.